Let's go to Mark chapter number 6. Let's go to Mark chapter number 6. We're going to be looking at verses 2 and verse 3 um, as our introduction uh, scripture. Uh, today we're going to focus on, I hope it's okay with you, we're going to talk about Jesus Christ, if that's okay. Amen. Amen. Praise God for the four people that want to talk about Jesus. Amen. We're going to talk about Jesus Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, He's the main subject. He's the only subject. And so we're excited for that. Praise God. Mark chapter number 6, verse 2 and verse 3. Hear the words of the gospel according to Mark And so in verse number two of Mark chapter six, it says that on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were astonished saying, where did this man get these things? So just to bring some context that there were rabbis and and on the Sabbath, the custom was that a rabbi would get the scrolls and they would read it and they were reading the uh, Old Testament, uh, the prophets, and this was kind of like their church service. It wasn't the temple because the temple was in Jerusalem, and so if you couldn't make it to the temple uh, during the Sabbath, you would go to a synagogue, and that's where they would congregate, right? That's where they would meet, and they would fulfill their religious responsibilities. And so it so happens that Jesus, he's now in the synagogue, and he's beginning to teach. And I love what it says because it says, and many who heard him, they were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? In other words, they were saying, you're not like the other rabbis. That you're speaking truth that's bringing conviction to my heart. Or at least causing me to question the interpretation of the Old Testament. And so what's important is that they also said this. They said, what is the wisdom given to him? What is the wisdom given to him? Church, we must become people that when we teach the word of God and when we speak God's word, number one, people would say, where'd you get that wisdom from? That wisdom is not of this world. That wisdom is supernatural in its understanding. What is the wisdom given to him? Not just knowledge. That's important. Not just understanding. But he says the wisdom, the application of the truth How is he given this wisdom? And we're going to see why he's given it. And then he says, how are such mighty works done by his hands? And now they go to his identity. They go to, which is really important. They said, is not this the carpenter? This is verse 3 of Mark 6. Is not this the carpenter? If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. That's a critical thing of what they were doing. Not only were they talking about Jesus' occupation, because Jesus now is at the age of 30. He's at the age of where uh, uh, ministry is taking place. We see throughout Scripture that many, David began at 30, and 30 is a significant number. And so we know that Jesus lived for approximately three and a half years. And isn't that amazing? He did more in three and a half years than some people do for 70, 80, 90 years. I think the reason for that, which is important, because is, is this not the carpenter? I think what we have to get to, and this is very important, the church, we are no longer consumers. We are consumers, and so we choose where we go based on the best product that's being placed out there. And so because we become consumers, what we do then is we force the organization or the company to produce product that brings you back because your time is so valuable. But what they said was, Jesus, is this not the carpenter? And what they were declaring in the Greek for the word carpenter is what we're supposed to be as the church. They were literally saying, is this not the builder? And so we must shift our minds now from being a consumer to being a builder. Because if you enter into relationships just wanting to consume, you will deplete the other person and not make any contribution in building them back up. 
And so they went and they not only were in, 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 in the context saying that, that they're bringing their identity. This is the carpenter because his father, uh, 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 Joseph, um, was a carpenter. And, and back in those days, there was something called predestined that based on what your father was, if he was a, 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 a blacksmith, that, that's what you became. If he was a carpenter, you became that. Whatever the profession was, it was predetermined that you're going to follow, especially if you're the male in the footsteps of your father. There's a principle in that, by the way. There's a principle in understanding predestination. Because it really takes a lot of pressure off of you trying to perform. Come on, church, right? That's so good. Because remember, you're a builder, not a consumer. And so they said, is this not the carpenter? Is this not the builder? Um, in the Greek, it's pronounced or it's said tecton. That, that, that's the word. Is this not the tecton, it's only mentioned twice, and uh, Matthew also says in Matthew 13, 55, he, he says the same thing. But it says, is this not the carpenter, the builder? And, and as you write that down, I want you to get that because you've got to shift now into saying, I'm now a builder of people. Come on. I'm a builder of people because I can't connect with somebody if the foundation is shaky. When the storms come, they're going to collapse. And as you walk around, as you observe people's ruins, the rubbles, the collapse, you can do a couple of things. You can look and you can say, I told you so. Or you can roll up your sleeve and say, let's rebuild this thing again. Let's bring the grace of God into it. And let's, let's rebuild this thing again. But this time, not on that foundation because that's cursed. Let's build a foundation on where it will stand forever. Someone say the builder. Come on, say the builder. Right. And, and so as we are, are looking and declaring in this particular city where I've been assigned and so many other people have been assigned, I want to remind you that when God shared Mary in my heart, God said this. Now, don't come with your vision. He said, I already got people in this city. Come on. Builders that are no longer going to be hiding. Come on. That we've gone to a place now where God is saying that, Ro, I've got, I've got people in this city. And so don't come with your vision. Come and partner with what I'm doing. So come not being a consumer. Come be a builder of what I'm doing. I've got builders in this city. People who for years have been believing God to do great things. And so, and so the question must be asked now when they look at this and to look at us is to say is this not the builder <laughs> is this not the builder and he goes on and he says now and he goes the son of mary and brother of james and jose and judas and simon and are not his sisters here with us and that would have been great but if you keep reading look what they said and they took offense at him <laughs> He was teaching things that was transformational. He's healing the sick. The kingdom of God is here. They describe what his profession is or was. And all of a sudden they describe, isn't this his family? And at the end of it, when all said and done, they took offense at him. That's important for us to know that, that no matter how well we articulate the gospel... It doesn't matter how well we try to be nice. It doesn't matter how well we try to fit in. It doesn't matter how well we try to be relevant. If you're teaching Christ, they're going to get offended. They did it to Jesus. They did it to Jesus. And so, so that when people get offended, so you don't collapse, you must first and foremost understand that Christ is the sure foundation. We looked at that last week in Isaiah 28, and we talked about the importance of God saying, I'm going to lay in Zion a solid, firm foundation. It is important, again, and I mentioned, and I'm going to share this, that what we value most often becomes the very thing we end up building our lives upon. How many have a value system? You should have one. You should have a value system. That's an elementary place of where these are the values, these are the things that I stand for. And I won't negotiate these things. People who are not believers also have value systems as well. So it doesn't make it any more spiritual to have a value system. But it does start there because your foundation is different. 
And your value system, eventually, if you stick with it, is going to offend somebody. Eventually, it's going to. Eventually. So on the outside, when they introduce themselves to you and you start talking to them and they think, man, you're so awesome and I appreciate you. Or you're in a relationship and you think this is so cool. We have so many things in common. And then as things starts to filter down and all of a sudden when things get closer to who you really are, your core, your core being, all of a sudden now you're challenged to say, is this a value I'm going to negotiate? And if it's not on a sure foundation, you will compromise And so we must understand that what we value most becomes the very thing we end up building our lives upon. And I mentioned last Sunday, I want to bring some clarity because I don't want people to think when I say the family is not the foundation, you get all upset and send me emails. What I'm telling you is that the family is not the foundation. Christ is the sure foundation. But family is ultimate importance because God established the institution of the family. Built upon the foundation of Christ. And the reason for that is because, again, you can have people who look at family and they have great value for it. But then all of a sudden, as society shifts and as the wind of society shifts, what do we do? We then interpret family based on what society says. We left our foundation. Why? Because they were attacking Christ, not family. Come on. God is the one that defines things, not culture. God defines things. So stop debating because you're a consumer. Be a builder and stop debating what God has said is final. It is finished. This is what I meant when I said it. Now, if you need understanding, come to the church. If you need knowledge, read the Bible. Write that down. If you need knowledge, read the Bible. If you need understanding, come to the church. And if you want wisdom, seek the spirit. Because the spirit will give you the power for what you understood when you asked for knowledge. And now you become a builder of people. Do you know how many people are dependent on you to build something that will last? I mean, think about it. That they're dependent on you to build something that will last. Um. Finance is not the foundation. As much as it's important, it's not the foundation. Christ is the sure foundation. And here's why. Because you see, as we build our lives upon the sure foundation, right, what it's saying is that the daily decisions that we make, there we go now, the daily decisions that we make about what we value most, that determines what kind of life we will build. Because we are what? Builders. We're no longer consumers. Come on. Listen to me. You can't understand kingdom economy if you want to be a consumer. If you understand you're a builder, prosperity can find you. Oh, that's so good. That, write that down right there. If I am a builder, prosperity is looking for me. If I'm a consumer, I'm chasing after it. But as a builder, God then understands my capacity to handle what he's given me, the resources. So I have open access to heaven because God knows what I'm building is on a sure foundation. That is so good. Now, I want to share this with you as we get into uh, this whole concept of Christ, the cornerstone, because, because here is what I, 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 I wrestle with, and it's, it's the truth of Scripture, but we have to unpack it a little bit. There's a difference between the freedom of choice and the foundation of choice. Okay, write that down. Um, there, there is called the freedom of choice because God didn't make you a robot. Okay? But God is a builder. And what God decrees, he says it will come to pass. So when God decrees something over your life, you can bet it is done. When God speaks a word, you can absolutely bank that it's better than a Michael Jordan jump shot with three seconds left. That's the God that we serve. And in that, 
you see in Genesis, it gives us the freedom of choice. We see that what the enemy went after was not the freedom of choice. He went after the foundation of choice. Because if I can get to the foundation of your choice, you'll justify your freedom of choice. Oh, come on. And that's how he's able to get Adam and Eve to fall was not the freedom of choice, but the foundation of choice. And so as a nation, it's not about your freedom to choose. Come on, somebody. It's about the foundation of your freedom. Oh. And that's why we exalt Jesus Christ as Lord, as the sure foundation, because my God, we can't make decisions that are not based on a foundation. It'll collapse every single time because you think you're God judging good from evil as opposed to a freedom. Come on, excuse me, a foundation of choice. Life. I said again, the foundation of choice is based on life. The freedom of choice is based on what is good and what is evil. And Christ came to restore the foundation of freedom. And so, therefore, that's why we read in John chapter 15, verse 16, he says, you didn't choose me. Come on. He said, you didn't choose me. But I chose you. Oh, good God Almighty. And so he says, even though you respond with your freedom, the foundation is I oh, good God Almighty. And because I chose you and I'm the carpenter, I'm the builder, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church that I'm building. Oh, God. Woo! We are victorious. We are more than conquerors. Come on. What God has established over your life is a sure foundation. That's how good he is. That's how good he is. And so because of this wisdom, we can understand when Jesus tells his parables that he was also speaking through his own experiences, being a builder, being a carpenter. It is vital that you get what I just shared with you about the freedom of choice and the foundation of choice. Because we're compromising value system because we're living over in the freedom of choice, which you have, but it's not being connected to the foundation of choice. Does this line up with life? Am I eating from the tree of life? Not from the freedom of choice between the tree of good and evil. And so the foundation of choice is backed, write this down, on my obedience to God's word. It's, am I being obedient to God's word? Because what caused the collapse was disobedience, which led to disbelief. Come on. Then sin came in. So if you're going to build somebody up, you eventually will address the sin, but you first have to address the disobedience from the disbelief. And when you can do that, they can see clearly now that they're consuming as opposed to building. And that's why what we have is we have a struggle between keeping the holiness of God and not being religious and thinking is perfection. And so because we live in the freedom of choice, we sway back and forth depending upon your own personal experience. And what he's saying, the church that Jesus is building is built on the foundation of choice. Why? That's because every word you say and every act you do will be judged. So how could God give me the ability to choose and yet at the same time determine my future? Because he's God. Because he's God, number one. But let me go a little bit deeper than that. Because you were created for his glory. And every time you say yes to God, you let the devil know God is still on the throne. That in the midst of the enemy, God establishes the foundation of choice. And he establishes, if you go to the book of Job, really good book to read. It is. Kind of deep, but a really good book to read. And when you read the book of Job, we see this freedom of choice. And we see the foundation of choice explained throughout it. Because after all that Job went through, the storms that Job went through. Come on, somebody. His family was taken out. So that couldn't be his foundation, right? His family was wiped out. His finance was wiped out. And he still had the freedom of what? Choice. Because his wife went and she said, why don't you, freedom of choice, why don't you curse God and die? 
That's my freedom, and I can use it if I want to. But Job went to the foundation. Oh, come on. Job went to the foundation, and he says, though I'm tried, I will come forth as pure goal. And God, I don't understand what's going on, but the foundation of choice is what I'm standing on. And that's what God dealt with in the rest of the chapter. Job goes to God and starts asking God a bunch of questions. God doesn't even answer his questions. Read the book. Doesn't even answer his questions. He says, where were you, Job, when I was doing this? Where were you when I was? He goes back to the foundation. Where were you when I was doing these things? So when all hell's breaking loose in our life, the enemy wants us to question the foundation, not the freedom. Come on. He knows you've got the freedom. You're not a robot, but he wants to get to the foundation, which is Christ. What do you really believe about Jesus? Is he the carpenter? Because if he is, your teaching is going to offend people. Mm. Because you're going after their freedom of choice. But we have to understand what we have to protect is the foundation of choice. When I first got saved, I had to wrestle with that. Because how it works its way out. Ready for this? It works its way out in what this thing, it, it's called eternal security, right? And, and, and so there's a theological thing of that from, from Arminian and, and Calvinism. And, and, and it's a great study. Uh, but I bring it up not to bring confusion. I bring it up to bring clarity. Because you got both camps, right? And, and, and so because they're named after people, they're really not the foundation then. <laughs> Come on. Come on, church. <laughs> and so we say, here's the Arminian. Who is that? God want Jesus. And there's a Calvinist view. Yeah, but, but I want Jesus. What does the word of God says? And the word of God actually teaches both. <laughs> because one's arguing the freedom of choice. The other one's talking about the foundation of choice. Come on, somebody. And Builder says, oh, I'm using every material I can. Come on, somebody. Because what you have to understand is how God sees things. Can I show you how God sees things? Come, come Mr. Blaine, because I know you're drinking your coffee, but I'm going to interrupt you. Come here. So he's right over there. And so he's living his life. He's got his choice. And he knows what he wants to wear. And he's doing everything great and, and all that stuff. And he didn't have to say, God, maybe he did. But he didn't say, God, what shirt should I wear today? That's freedom of choice. Right? You know, pants, I mean, that's freedom of choice. And based on how he sees God, he may glorify God. He's picking the right shirt. Hey, God, praise God. Amen. Or it may not. It has no bearing on his salvation whatsoever. Now, it affects if it's going to be warm or not, if it's cold outside, you know what I mean? So it affects the environment, but doesn't affect, affect the heavens. It doesn't affect them. So here he is now doing his own thing. You know, he's born and everything like that. And all of a sudden now, the call of God goes out. Blaine, I'm calling you for a purpose. And so Jesus was teaching in the synagogue. He's teaching the word. And they're saying, oh, my goodness, what kind of teaching is this? What kind of wisdom is this? Because, see, some of the people God saved, we think God's crazy. <laughs> Let me break that down again, because come on, some of y'all know you are a bunch of rascals, you know what I mean? And God got a hold of you, right? And God saved you, and people may say, God, if they can get saved, if they can give their heart to Jesus, my goodness. And so here he is, and so God calls him, so God, God sends a word out, God, God calls him, and so he says, for all, all for, for that none shall perish, but that all should come unto repentance. We see the, the universal, we see, we see God saying everybody's included, and he calls it, and he says, and he calls his name out, and eventually, eventually, Blade response. And Romans 10 says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you're saved. And so what he sees on this side of heaven with the freedom of choice, he sees the sign that says, all whoever will, let him come. And what you guys see is this, all whoever, come, I'm, I'm building my church. He says, whomever, and, and, and people responded. And if you've never responded to, to this, for all who will come, that's the invitation of salvation. That's what we preach. That's all we know. On this side of heaven. That's Armenian. That, that's, that's, you come, and all of a sudden, your, your mind has a thought. It wasn't a good thought. They have to come back again to the altar. God, please forgive me for what I did. Oh, my God, I'm horrible. I'm bad. Okay, the guilt's gone. I go back out again, and it happens again. You run back in again. He says, oh, God, I'm doing. I want to pray again. You go back out again. You come back in again. God, I want to say, and God's like, I am, keep coming, but you, you're wearing me out. Like, Because the freedom of choice is not really giving us our security, is it? And so whoever will, let them come. And I told you about that. Come, learn from me. Listen to my teachings. 
be secure in the foundation. This is the first step. Because to be builders, God's taking you somewhere. And for us to get to where he really wants to take us, which is to campaign for love, if we don't have this concrete in our mind, we won't love properly. And what God is going to do in this ministry, and actually we have to get a bigger building. Why? Because we're building bigger people. Ooh. Come on. Come on. We're not getting a bigger building to show everybody, oh, look how much we grew. No, we're going to say we're healthy. We're getting bigger building because we're building bigger people. People who are trusting God for stuff. People who believe their kids can get saved. People believing to start a business. People believing, believing because they saw the sign that says, whosoever come, come. So Blaine comes. And he's living his life. He's living life for the Lord. He's with God. God's a sure foundation. He's doing everything. Everything's going on. Everything's wonderful. And all of a sudden, not now, but for years and years and years and years and years to come, 120 plus years, he's living this earth. And he understands the sure foundation. So he's living his life as a builder, not a consumer. And so all of a sudden, the Lord says, okay, now your work's done. God calls him home. And he comes home. He's on this side. And he's now looking from this side, looking back on earth, because now he understood I was a builder. First Corinthians 3 calls it the architect. So he was a skilled master builder. So that even moves a little bit deeper because we have to be wise master builder. But then he wants us to get to a place where we're a skilled master builder because that deals with my reward when I get over this side. So what Blaine saw on this side, whomsoever will let him come. When he looks back over his life this way, what he sees here is chosen before the foundation of the earth. Oof. He wants to remind him that the work you're doing and the faith you're displaying and the healing that's taking place is why? Because I chose you from the foundation of the earth. Come on. And at a certain time that you call your birthday, come on, is the day I says enter into this realm. And so when he entered into the realm, God says, now look out world. I just gave birth to a builder just like me. Ah. Come on. And so his security comes because he knows that what he's seeing is that I was chosen before the foundation of the earth. Now God is saying, I gave you the book. Don't wait to get to heaven to know that. It's in the book. So I already told you that I gave you freedom of choice. Choose me. But the book also says, I chose you before the foundation of the earth. Come on, somebody. That's how we live. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hands get for the handsome man. Come on. What we call that, we'll get to it, is called salvation. And what makes it secure, it's not one saved, always saved. What makes it secure is because of the foundation, which is Christ. And I'm here to tell you what the enemy is after is not you, it's not me, it's Christ. That is who he's after because you are the body of of Christ. I've been preaching that for the last six years. And when you isolate and when you remove yourself and get disconnected, you think you're just not coming to church. The enemy's laughing saying, that's your freedom of choice. But the foundation of choice is your community. Come on. And so he's robbed. He's knocking down the foundation while you're saying, it's my freedom. And then we make excuses. And then when COVID hit, oh, we're not the, you know, the church got the four walls. You weren't saying that before. No, let's be real. We're justifying why we're doing something. It was rather wrong. See, I don't like to see. Here's the thing. I, I, I don't I don't like to stay too long in the good and eat. I don't like to stay too long there because that's up for debate. Based on your personal experience. Because here's why. I want you to write this down. Here's the next point. You see, when we don't understand Christ as the foundation, write this down. We build our case against Christ. We build our case against Christ. That's what we do. And so if you go to the book in in Mark chapter 12, he says this. Now, Jesus... And what we're going to see for the main time that we have left is Jesus talks about this. Luke talks about this. Paul talks about this. Peter talks about this. So they can't all be wrong, right? So they're all going to talk about the cornerstone, but they're going to give us, ready, the dimension of the foundation of choice and how does it work. And how it works when it comes to building. We've got to teach our children this because what happens is, um, is that we have a false sense of security. 
We do. We have a false sense of security because, because we have the freedom of choice. And one day we accepted Jesus into our heart and we think, okay, sealed and done. As opposed to recognizing, well, why do you need Jesus? Right? How do I walk out the foundation of choice if I don't have Jesus? It's impossible. So we got to move people from just the freedom of choice when they got saved to let them know, but is your salvation on the foundation of choice? Stay with me. Come on. This is so good. This is so good. Because remember, we're builders. We're not consumers. We're builders. And it's vital. And so in Mark chapter 12, verses 10 to 11, here is Jesus now. So he gives a parable and he goes on and he says, have you not read this scripture? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. He's going back to Isaiah. He's going back to what David says in Psalms 1, 18. He said, have you not read the scripture? So Jesus now is saying to these religious people, he said, don't you have any knowledge of the scriptures? And I've come to give you understanding. That's what he's doing. Because as a builder, I have wisdom. He says, the stones that what? Who? The builders rejected. Not the consumers. Come on. He even looked at him and says, you guys are builders. You are builders of this temple. You're builders of this religious system. You are the builders of this, of this system that you have in place. And because you built it, you rejected the cornerstone. In other words, you built your own thing based on your freedom of choice. We call religion. And you did that and you built it. And so here is Jesus now explaining to him saying that what you did was you rejected the stone that became the cornerstone. In other words, you're rejecting me. And he goes and says, this was the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. So in other words, he's reminding them that God's at work regardless of what the builders try. Listen, I don't care what they try. I don't care what law gets passed. Listen, there ain't nobody above Jesus. Come on. Come on, somebody. There is nobody, no law, no position, no viewpoint, no redefinition that's above Jesus. And you're going to offend people when you say that. Why? Because you're building something and not just consuming our economy works. Our economy. It's Babylonian system economy that, that we have to function in. It operates on a system of withholding. So please understand that everything that is determined, every law, is based on what can be consumed. Not based on what can build. That's why the church stands in a position of defending values... That build people up. Stay with me. Watch this. Because the economy is based on consumers. And so if there's a, regardless of the amount, if the economy, if the money is there, it'll shift everything that's going on. And so if we move into a consumer mindset, we will eventually embrace the culture. Because we want the currency to flow. And so here is what Jesus is saying. He says, no, 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 no. You guys are builders. And what the Lord is doing, it is marvelous. So in other words, nation, come on, in other words, world, God is still on the throne and the sure foundation is Jesus Christ. Build your life on Christ Jesus. That's what he's saying. That's the message. Okay, bro, I hear you. So what do we do then? Verse number 12, we build our case against Christ. And look what this now, look what it said. And they were seeking to arrest him. So first they identified, he's the carpenter in Mark 6, and they uh, identified his family, and they said, man, they, they, they got offended at him. Now we're seeing another group of people, and we're seeing now that these people, that they wanted to arrest him, but they feared the people, for they perceived that he had told the parable against them. So they left him and went away. In other words, they left Jesus and they now said, how can we destroy the foundation? It was good if he was going to flow with what we we're doing. The money was coming in. Do you read when he said that Jesus went into the temple and he overthrew the tables and he took a whip? Nice Jesus. Took the whip and beat everybody. Says, get out. and says, don't. You're making my house a house of merchandise. He wasn't saying you can't sell stuff in church. He wasn't down in capitalism. What he was saying was, you become consumers. Come on. 
And you're not building people who are coming here by faith. And he overthrows the table and he lets them know that what you're doing is you are embracing the money. Because here's the deal. If you are a Jewish person and in order, excuse me, you're a Roman and you have the Roman currency, you couldn't use that. You had to exchange it for Jewish money so that they were getting, they were, what they doing? They were robbing the pockets. They were actually double dipping. They were saying, listen, we're going to tax you, but we're also going to make it difficult for you to worship God. And so people who are religious wanting to come to Jesus or come to God, they were stuck saying, these guys are taking everything. They're taking things from this pocket and that pocket because they were consumers and they loved the power that Rome gave them. And Jesus comes now, the sure foundation, and he says, not about the freedom of choice. He now says, it's about the foundation of choice, and I have to be the sure foundation. So he kicks the table over. He says, I'm shifting the economy, and they got to a point and says, we got to mess with this guy. Why? Because he's messing with our foundation. And here it is, that whenever you go into the word of God, this is what's going to happen. You will, write this down, you will be tempted to remove Jesus as the cornerstone. Every decision that you make, the enemy will come and will question whether or not what you're building, if it's really should be built on the foundation of Christ. I promise you that. Every temptation is going to the place of your foundation, not your freedom. Prove it, preacher. Paul says, don't use your freedom as a means to sin. Oh. He says, Christ sets you free the foundation, but don't use your freedom of choice to mess with the foundation of Christ. So don't, don't build a case against Christ to justify your freedom of choice because you're mad at the foundation because it wanted to do what you want to do. There's the issue. We just want to do what we want to do. We want to do what we want to do. And if I got to add Jesus' name as the signature, I will. But the reality is I want to do what I want to do. Because to wrestle with the builder means that he's going to change some things in me. And I need to know I still have the choice. And you do. But every... Temptation is to remove the cornerstone. Why? So the entire structure can collapse. Some people, instead of trying to remove the cornerstone, they just build over it. I'll just, I'll just build my thing over it. And I'll hide Jesus. You know what I mean? I'll just build my thing over it. And that's what some people do. So if you want to refurbish, come on. <laughs> Woo, God, help us, Jesus. So as we, as, as, we, as we turn the corner and come on home now, let's, let me teach you how to build your entire life on Christ. Can I do that? Right? Every relationship. Write down the relationship. I don't care what it is. Write down the relationship. The most important relationship to you. Write it down. I mean, of course, Jesus is, but I'm talking other than Jesus. What's the most important relationship you have? Write it down. The one that you value, the one you cry over, the one you weep over, the one you're like, I can't get over. The, like, write, write that down. This relationship. Write it down. Could be a business. It, it, it could be a boyfriend. Could be a girlfriend. Could be a husband. Could be a wife. Could be your kids. Listen, God already knows what it is. So just write it down. So stop struggling. You know what I mean? He already knows. Write the thing down, man. So I can get to my next point. Because you're like, because like I know. Write the thing down. Okay, this is it. Write it down. Now, for some of us, it's been years. And what we're afraid of, will Jesus take this from me? What will Jesus do with this freedom that I have? What will Jesus do with it? And so when we say, come to know Jesus, we tell young people, come to know Jesus. And they're like, I don't want to give up this thing. Give up what? Or they say it now, and then I'm 18, and I got my freedom of choice. Like, Knock yourself out. Because what we have taught them was the freedom of choice, and we haven't taught them the foundation of choice. That what God will judge you for is not your freedom to choose. It's the foundation that you build your choice on. So write it down, your most important relationship. Write that thing down. Because he's coming after, because he says, listen, um, you're going to build your entire life on Christ. And so there must be a mechanism for you to be able to 
to be a builder. And as you're building people, if that foundation is not on Christ, it's not going to last. I'm not saying you can't keep it until you die. I'm saying it won't last in eternity. In case you're questioning, well, it's been 15 years. I don't care how long it is. It will not last because you can't bring it into heaven with you. If it's not based on the foundation of Jesus Christ. You're actually wasting time when we'll get to that. So build your entire life on Christ. Here's how we do it. Number one, right down, I'll be talking about it, salvation. So, so Jesus begins, and Jesus says, listen, you build a case against me. So Jesus is the first one to say, I'm the cornerstone. And everything people come at you, it's to, it's to really build a case against Christ. So he deals with it. He says, I'm the cornerstone. And Jesus didn't get his feeling hurt when people were trying to arrest him. Jesus understood the plan of God for his life. And he stayed in that foundation. But to build your entire life, the first thing is salvation. And Luke, in Acts 4, write this down, Acts 4, verse 11 to 12. And this is very important because salvation is, is so vital. And this is where we start. So let me really teach the plan of salvation. Because what you're hearing is just how to feel good and get the guilt off. This is, this is salvation according to the Bible. If you confess with your mind, you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. That's it right there. Ephesians says, it's not of any man's work. It is the gift of God, so no one can boast. So your salvation is God's idea. Say that. It's God's idea. Not your freedom of choice. God's idea. He chose to redeem you. Oh, come on. When Adam and Eve sinned, he could have said, that's it. He had every right. He had every authority to say, stay in that condition. But he chose, based on the foundation of choice, to come and say, Adam, where are you? So when he says that you're saved by grace and not of any works, that's it. He chose you. He chose you on the foundation of choice. Come on, people. That's why I give him praise and glory in the midst of my mess. He chose me. And so salvation begins. And now he looks at this. And so we have Acts chapter 4. And so Peter and John are walking down. There's this lame man that's there. And he's saying, hey, I need salvation. That's what he was saying. I need salvation. He's crippled. But what he was saying was this. That though I have the freedom of choice. Oh, come on. I am limited in my ability to walk out my dog. And it's affecting the economy of my home. It's affecting my family. That this condition is affecting every part of my life. Though I had the freedom of choice. He then went, when he saw them, he says, I'm begging. Do you have anything for me to try to meet this need? He needed salvation. Oh, come on. I thought it was actually just into your heart. I thought it was that. I said, see, you, you got the small picture. He needed salvation. He needed deliverance from where he was in. Come on. And here he is now. He goes, and so he asked for it. And, and so the story goes on. And, and now they're arrested because they healed this man, right? So the church was doing its thing. It was building people up. And Peter and James, they went, excuse me, Peter and John, and they went. And the guy was healed. And he's rejoicing. He says he was rejoicing. He's running the temple. He's like, nah, nah, nah. Look, 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 look at this. I'm healed. And so they're like, we can't have this going on. He is messing with our system. And so now they come to him and it says this. This Jesus, not your Jesus, come on. This Jesus is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And here's verse 12. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name, for there is no other name, what? Under heaven. Come on. Oh, you got to get that. Back to Blaine's illustration. Whosoever will come, he says, under heaven, under this realm, there is no other name. Come And if you want to go deeper, even under the sea, there is no animal, there is no orcas, there is no blue whale, there is no animal whose name is higher than the name of Jesus. He says, by which we can be saved. Given amongst men, by which we can be saved. And so when we look at this, the first word that we want to see when we talked about salvation was this word called soteria. It's the Greek word for, for deliverance. It's salvation. It means God's rescue, which delivers believer out of destruction and into his safety. 
And so what he was saying that the lame man who was there, he needed salvation because what happened was he needed to be delivered from his condition so that he can then provide. Look at the practicality of God. He's saying he has the freedom of choice, but what's going on is he needs to understand the foundation of choice. And so he was trying to look at the freedom of choice, give me money, but they went to the foundation of choice. What you need is Jesus. Oh, come on, somebody. He says you don't need silver and gold because you're going to beg again. Come on. And the money is going to run out. But what I'm going to give you is the freedom of choice. Come on. It's the foundation, excuse me, of choice. And if you choose Jesus to be your soteria, your salvation, you will be delivered. Come on, somebody. And don't have to beg anymore. Ah, God. So when you give your heart to Jesus, he says, you're not a beggar. I've seen the right. Come on. I was young, but now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging bread. You, the church, are builders, not consumers. And we are not people of poverty. No, no, no. We are people of prosperity that's found in the salvation of Jesus Christ. Help me, somebody. So watch your building is bringing salvation for somebody. So when you start a business and you hire somebody, come on, that is salvation. And you are saying, come work here because we're builders of the kingdom. My goodness. You think flawless is just something that you came up with? That one day you just had this thought to, to, to lead ladies? No, that was God saying, build that ministry. You think mending something you came up with because you watched somebody? No, baby. He said, I called you from the foundation of the earth. See, that's why prophecy builds up. My God, I got to go. But that's why prophecy builds up. And that's what we got to prophesy over people and speak to what's inside of them and let them know that you're a builder. That's soteria. Salvation available. It's not just about giving Jesus your lip. It's about giving Jesus your life. He said salvation. But he's not done. Someone say he's not done. Because what the man really needed wasn't just to be able to get up and run around and work. What he needed was sozo. And sozo now is to deal with the choice that he had and what was afflicted him when he was crippled. Oh, God. So salvation does a one-time deal. Come on. It's a deep work that God is doing because before he can build you up, he's got to go deep. And so while he was laying there like this and he's begging, conditions and things were happening and he felt like he couldn't do nothing. And so now he gets saved, salvation, he can walk, but he still needs deliverance. So come on. And that's what we deal with addiction and mental health and mental sickness. And that's why the church is positioned to do that stuff. And we speak to that stuff. And we tell people, your mental condition, your mental health, the pressures of life, I get it. And so God wants to work deep into your life. Come on, and renew your brain cells. Come on, because we believe that God's the God of miracle, that God, salvation is not just soteria, it is also sozo. Come on. And so you're having a relationship and what you wrote down, you're trying to connect. But all they know, perhaps, is that God delivered them from something. But their mind is still captive. Why? Because we stopped right there and we told them they had the freedom of choice. And we didn't go deeper and tell about the foundation of choice. That you can choose to be set free mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Can I get somebody to help me in this place? Come on. That knows what it's like to be delivered. You build your entire life upon that. And there's one more thing. You see, you go from, you go from soteria to sozo. Which she sozo is to deliver the believer from the penalty and the power of sin. And into God's provision. But there's one in the Greek word and it's called soter. And that's savior. savior. That's going back to the key component, which is Christ. And what he's saying is this. He said, whomsoever will. Whomsoever will. I'll put it over here, right here, right here, to this row. Whosoever will. Come. Come. Whosoever will. Come. But I gave my heart to Jesus 15 years ago. Yeah, but you never, you never really understood the depth of the foundation of choice that you made. Whosoever will, come. Come, come. Whosoever will, 
I want you to come. That's the message. And he's saying to this nation, whosoever will, come. Whosoever will, come. Whosoever will, come. We're going to end it there because I believe that's where we need to end it. I hope by now you understand that I enjoy with immense pleasure challenge you to go deeper in your walk. You cannot sustain the storm having a shallow relationship of some sugar-coated, watered-down gospel that makes you feel good. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. The world needs Jesus. And the world needs you. And you have to be a carpenter. You've got to be a builder and not a consumer. The city needs you and whatever city you live in needs you. There are people literally, literally, mind messed up. That needs to know that there is sozo, come on. That there is salvation in Jesus' name more than just a religious experience they need to know a marriage needs to know your children needs to know they have to know there's more so how does that work that's why we pray for healing in case you want to know why do you guys pray for healing because it's part of the salvation someone needs to take the limits off and know that there's a foundation of choice that where Jesus said I'm the healer the Spirit of the Lord goes upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to, to the poor, to the afflicted. Take the limits off. People you know right in your row, perhaps, in your home, that they really think, they really think that they can do what they want and get away with it. That they can build a case against Christ and nothing's going to happen to them. Here's my conviction. I don't want anything to happen to them, so I'm going to declare to them the full gospel. Jesus says, upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Will you make a decision this morning to build your entire life on Christ and on his salvation, will you? Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Jesus, I'll build my life on your sure foundation of love. Right where you are seated or standing. Let Christ be your foundation. Let Christ be your foundation. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. There is a security that Christ wants to make sure you know you have in the midst of what's going on. There's a security that you need that you can't find in no other relationship but in Jesus Christ. Receive that right now. Yeah.